Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kenny, what uh, what do you have in that phone? Zach Greinke is going to the Astros. That's the biggest. Oh! Nicholas Castellanos is going to the Cubs. But the Greinke one is the fastest. Whoa! Greinke, Aaron Sanchez, excuse me, and Joe Biagini. That's quite a haul for the Astros on this deadline day. Don't know any more particulars yet, Greg. Trying to find out. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Rob and Wheelhouse Show. I am Rob. He's Wheelhouse. And once again, we're joined uh, by James Weir. He's going to join us on the show today. Uh, how are you doing, fellas? Doing great. Doing great today, uh, especially after the game tonight. Great win. Yeah, same here. Doing really well, especially after watching that game. Offense came together really well tonight. Yes, Excellent. I enjoyed it a lot myself. Uh, Hector Rondon tried to blow it for us, but we survived with a little help from old sidearm Joe Smith. Uh, but we'll get into that later. I know Wheelhouse had texted me earlier. He wanted to talk about the, uh, the bullpen, so we'll get into that. But let's talk about Tuesday's game first. Uh, the Astros win easily. 2-0 over Cleveland. Verlander, seven innings, two hits, no runs, 13 strikeouts. He's 14-4, and four, ERA of 2.73. What do you guys think about Justin Verlander, James? I mean, really, it, is it, did he just go into a time machine and become five years younger? I, I don't understand where this is coming from, especially with the strikeout rate that he's having at, but you won't see me complaining about it. This guy looks like he's on fire. His cutter is is biting super quick. Uh, There were a couple of times where the plane of which the ball was traveling, you could just tell that the the hitter was thinking that it was going to be fastball and then immediately just cuts right in down to their hip, and they just look foolish. It's amazing what he's doing right now. Yeah, he had had amazing stuff the other night. He he, um, had been complaining about not being able to to get the get the spin on the ball. I mean, he felt like he was throwing cement mixers. And, I mean, he was what – you know what they call vintage Verlander. That's kind of baseball lingo, I guess. And, and um, you know, I think, I think Verlander and Cole right now are 1 and 1A when it comes to leading the race for the Cy Young Award. I, I, think, I think right now Verlander has the edge overall. But um, yeah, he just, I mean, I mean, he looked good. You know, I was, I was, I was getting worried there because he, he was giving up a ton of home runs and I was like, you know, we can't give up home runs in the playoffs. We only have seven games or five games or whatever, you know, to do something in. And so you don't have room for error. It's not 162 games season. Okay. So off the top of your head, quick answer for both of you. Who's our ace? Justin Ver- You can only have one. Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole. 
I say Justin Verlander. I just think because of his experience and because he is the veteran and they look to him, I think, for leadership right now on that staff, I think it's Verlander. What do you say, James? I have to agree with you on that. I'm strictly only just because of the veteran presence. Uh, Cole's stuff is electric. He can light up the uh, – the radar gun and you almost can dominate and put up on the board that he's going to get 10 K's every single time he goes out. But I got to agree with you on the veteran leadership part for Verlander. Okay. So uh, wheelhouse was talking about the bullpen Uh, that game. Harris one inning, two strikeouts. Osuna didn't allow a run or a hit. He picked up save number 24. Uh, Were y'all able to watch that game? Oh, you talking about when they when they you, you talking about the first game of the series? Yeah, yeah, with when they Verlander went Tuesday, two to yes. zero Verlander. Yeah, that uh, was a the that was a much cleaner came game through in that game. Yeah, yes, they did. They did. That was a that was a much cleaner game. Um, what we saw what we saw yesterday was just <laughs> was just abysmal. Actually, I wasn't watching it. I just looked at the highlights afterwards. Um, you know, I mean, this this I mean. Any bullpen's going to go through times where they struggle. Um, but they only needed Harris and Osuna. You know, I like that Harris came in in front of Osuna almost as a setup guy, kind of kind of taking Presley's place. I think that's a confidence booster for Harris. I, I think that's key. I think that one inning with two strikeouts, like you said, is huge. Will Harris, I think, is on more times than not. Will Harris has really been excellent this year. I kind of got to agree. Um, I mean, I always want to say with Harris, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, mainly just because of his last two years of inconsistency. But it's hard to deny what he's been doing on the field today, or not even just today, but like this, this entire season. Already up to a 177 ERA. His whip is astronomical. I mean, we're, we might be looking at a Will Harris that can – be better than his all-star game appearance i would say all right so offensively in that game luckily the pitching all we needed was one run but we ended up getting two uh chirinos with a solo homer and uncle mike mike brantley (laughs) they they, did you if you watch the game tonight did you notice the stat uh there was a there was in the past they had put a stat up. I believe it was Correa and Altuve, maybe, or I don't know. It was two of our stars, and it showed the the huge difference in their success rate when we win and how bad they play when we lose. But Michael Brantley is is in the three hundreds, getting hits and doing whatever it takes, whether we win or lose. So I'm super impressed with Michael Brantley in that aspect. No, yeah, I think you know, and that's that's one of the things that I've that I've noticed um, is when he came over, I I mean, honestly, I thought he was going to do excellent, um, and I'm I'm no sage or prophet or anything like that, but I mean, if if you just look at his body of work in Cleveland, and you know they've had good teams in Cleveland, but you bring him to a lineup like this, you can't pitch around him. Um, and they're going to strategically – I mean, they've put him in this lineup. No matter where they slot him, he gets hits. And like tonight, he got a key sacrifice fly. I mean, they didn't necessarily need it, but he's a guy that can hit for power, that can drive the ball out of the infield. Um, and his swing 
it's amazing whether he hits a blooper in the outfield or a home run, his swing looks the same. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean, it's smooth, it's calculated, and it literally looks like he knows exactly he, – the way he controls his entire body with the fluidity of his swing is just amazing to me. He's like a Zen master, kind of. <laughs> he really is. I mean, like, if any little kid, any, uh, you know, prep school kid is looking for one player to emulate a batting stance from or at least to, like, look and see – who they need to, you know, follow as far as that goes. Michael Brantley's your guy. I mean, the guy, his hips are controlled. His hands go through every single pitch. His eye for the strike zone is masterful at his age. Mm-hmm. And what, he's coming up on his year uh, 31, 32, right? Yes. Is that how old he is? Yeah. Um, for 32 years old and to ha- be having a 320 average and only striking out 47 times across all planes – playing field this year that's amazing to me oh oh, it is it's okay so uh i'll just let you know this i i I got quiet for a while because i was getting a uh a message on from uh anchor that i was disconnected and it was trying to reconnect me and so i thought we might have to start over but i'm good to go i could hear y'all talking so so we're good to go. Luckily, it was y'all's turn to talk. Awesome. But y'all were, y'all so, were talking about hitting and Michael Brantley. And James, mm-hmm. you are my numbers guy. So mm-hmm. we'll let James talk first. So I mean, uh, Wheelhouse talk first so you can answer this question for me. But Yuli in Tuesday's game went one for four. And doesn't he have a hit streak going? Or did that get broken? Uh, I believe that got broken. Um, yes, not if not Tuesday, it was definitely today because he went over. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he had a he had an eighteen game hitting streak going into tonight. Oh, okay, so he did yeah. have a hit streak after Tuesday. Yes. All right, so let's move on to Wednesday, the game that none of us watched because we were doing the <laughs> uh, trade deadline podcast. Uh, we lose four to ten. Correa, home run. Nice to see that. Uh, but in the bottom of the second, Arcady gives up a three-run homer. Yuli tries to bring us back with a three-run double. So he did get another hit that game. Astros are up four to three. The Indians go on to score seven straight runs. We lose ten to four. Yuli, three for four. Hit streak continues. I forgot to bring this up, but Altuve went three for four on Tuesday. 300 batting average. He went one for three on Wednesday to keep that up. Uh, what do y'all have to say about uh, Altuve? I think I think Jose Altuve. You know, right now I, I think they said on the on the broadcast he's like 24 for 42 or some some astronomical like he's hitting over 500. Yeah, something crazy. He is he is just I mean hitting. Not, I mean, I mean, he can't hit the cover off the ball, but he is just hitting the ball everywhere. I, I believe for the first time all season this last month, he's been 100% healthy, and we saw the decline of him as the as they got into the playoffs last year with his injury before he had surgery, and apparently it took a long time to recover from that knee injury because even when he was back and then had to go back on the IL, 
Um, I mean, he didn't look like himself, and he has quickly revitalized. I mean, like you said, he's back up in the, up into 300 territory. He's back to hitting multiple multi-hit games. I mean, that's where he should be. Yeah, absolutely. I think when he – I think it was the, that first series in Texas in early July is when you finally got to see Altuve at his healthiest. And he just never let go after that going – I think what uh, he was hitting, he was hitting straight up 700 around that area. Um, but then, you know, you go into the, uh, into the games in LA, he kind of has a couple of layoff games, but then he feasts on the Texas Rangers st- staff again. And he just hasn't relented since this is honestly, I think wheelhouse just said it best. This is the healthiest we've seen him. Yeah. By far. Okay. So what do you think Rob? Well, and, I want to know what you well, think about Jose. Well, I'm just uh, putting out the topics for you to talk about. You, you guys, <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what to talk about, and you talk about okay. it. Okay. You guys are better talkers <laughs> than I am. I don't know about that. So, <laughs> but thank you. So, uh, what what I noticed about Altuve is he's the Altuve we all know, and if you notice tonight, he's got his smile back with the fist bumps. Uh, with Santana on first base, if you notice yesterday, he like high fived him or low fived him, like forced him to do it. And tonight, he went for the fist bump, and Santana crossed his arms. He didn't want anything to do it. <laughs> but Altuve's out there having fun. I think he's back. He's a hundred percent. And we were worried about it uh, when they, he signed that contract, and it looked like he was slipping. I was thinking the Astros may have uh, made it. A, Albert Pujols type contract, but he's back. I'm not worried about it anymore. But what I am worried about, if you like this segue, was in that game, the pitching was bad. Or Keedy, I don't even know if he's still on the team yet. I guess when Sanchez and them come, he should be gone. Mm -hmm. After beautifully, I think his last outing and maybe the last two, beautifully pitched. Oh, yeah, he looked good. Yeah, and he only lasted four innings. Six runs, gave up two home runs, only had one strikeout. Devo actually had two strikeouts in the three batters he faced. He did have a wild pitch. Uh, But McHugh, Colin McHugh, I know someone talked about Colin McHugh in the trade deadline, or I read a tweet about it because someone had tweeted about he wants to say something negative about a pitcher, but he's scared to get attacked by his wife. I saw that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, Colin McHugh's wife is pretty uh, – she's she's pretty brutal on there. I think that – I don't know if that's tongue-in-cheek. I don't know. Maybe he's actually afraid of her. But she's pretty uh, – she's pretty she's pretty hardcore on there. I mean, she doesn't – she doesn't hold anything back. Um, you know, if you – if you at her husband or whatever they call it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but McHugh has been shaky at best. McHugh has not been himself all mm-hmm. season long. And um, he looked good when he first this. came back. No, but, no, he but did. He gave up he did. three he did. hits. Two three of hits. them were homers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he walked a guy. It was horrible. Yeah, and and you know, I, I mean, the guy is such a cerebral pitcher too. You know, he's so methodic about what he does. I mean, he's such a he's such a smart guy. Someone said, "Well, at least." It was in that thread, and they said, "Well, we won't name him, but he will become the next Brent Strom." And everybody's like, "Oh yes, yes," because he's just that type of person. You know, he's very intellectual. 
Um, you know, and I think I think Colin will figure it out. I mean, he is a hard worker. I ultimately don't think he enjoys being in the bullpen as much as he enjoys being a starter, but he is a team player, and he he will accept whatever role they give him. Now, I, I have a question, James. Do you think McHugh has a chance of being left off the playoff roster? Uh, see, I've been kind of negotiating with that. Um, I don't think so, only just because of what we kind of said about Justin Verlander but more so uh, in relation to the bullpen. I think his veteran presence and the fact that he can go long innings, they're going to keep him on. I think with that, somebody else with like maybe a higher upside or somebody that is shaky at best in the bullpen is going to be knocked out. Uh, someone like Josh uh, James, maybe Hector Rondon, um, maybe even Davinsky. Let me ask you all this. Oh. We're in a uh, playoff game. With a one-run mm-hmm. lead in the in the sixth inning, let's just—I don't know. Let's just hypothetical. And your two choices are Josh James or McHugh to protect a one-run lead. Who are you throwing Oof. in? Why'd you put Josh? Because oh, y'all man. mentioned him right now. Yeah. <laughs> he, he mentioned him, so let's see it. Who who you got more confidence? Uh, in? Well, tough. I got right now. Right now, I got more confidence in McHugh overall, just because. The problem with Josh James, and of course I know McHugh just gave a couple home runs, but he throws so hard. When he throws so hard and he leaves that ball over the plate, that ball just goes so much further. I mean, mm-hmm. they just hit lasers off of that kid. I mean, he's got great stuff. Um, but, but I, I mean, and James has had two different injury issues from what I understand. And so I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know, man. Gosh, it's like darn if you do and darn if you don't. I think I would have to go with McHugh myself, um, kind of with the same thing that I was talking about with James uh, yesterday on the podcast when I was like, you know, he's either Heckle or Hyde, or Jekyll or Hyde. Um, I'm, he's either I mean, Heckle, heckle or Jide. Heckle or Jide, baby. Everybody messes up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, it. I, I just don't trust his arm whenever he throws it that hard, kind of what you're alluding to, Wheelhouse. Um, I remember back whenever he first burst onto the scene in the playoffs, he was blowing pitches by guys. But, you know, guys are just kind of squaring up the ball, especially high in the zone, and then they're just sh- shooting ropes out into, you know, Landry's Crawford box. So, I don't know. I think I would have to go with McHugh. I'd agree you with know, you guys also. Yeah. I don't know. Did you did you guys see the? Um, I, I sent y'all a video on Twitter right before this. Did you see Miles Straw's impression of Chris Davinsky? Yeah, like oh, thirty times already. They showed it tonight on, okay. the, on the broadcast. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was the first time I had seen it. I guess I was a little behind. Oh wow! But, um, You've been on vacation. I actually, no, I actually had to go to work today. I had a oh. lunch in. <laughs> oh. I had a lunch Ooh. in. Ooh, yeah, I know. Very professional. And I was the only one in shorts, and I was wearing my Astros hat and my Astros polo. And so I introduced myself, and I said, my name is Brett Chancy. I teach Texas history, and I absolutely hate the Astros. I mean, I love the Astros. So. <laughs> but I got to tell people about our podcast and about about 411 and all this good stuff. So There you go. Just spreading the word, man, spreading the love. All right, let's talk about tonight's game because I got – Yes. here's what I do. I don't know if y'all are listening to the podcast before you join me, but I write my notes on one side of the notebook and then I flip it over to page two. So 
With that being said, we'll cover Thursday's game, and then we will get to that notorious page two, where it's a lot more opinion instead of of talking about the game. So Thursday, tonight, George Springer, again, leadoff homer. Mm. Yeah, he just hit um... – he basically that's number thirty-two is, in his career. Thirty number two. Yeah. So so get this. He's he leads all major league players in major league history with the most career leadoff home runs. Do you know who is in second place? Mm. With, with with twenty-eight. First six years of their career, this other player has twenty-eight, and I will tell you, he hit a lot of home runs. Reggie Jackson. <laughs> no, I no, dude, I don't know. <laughs> Old or new? Like, um, well, guess. he doesn't play anymore. Now I was it's say two thousand era. Uh, before that, who did he play for? Like, oh, okay. He started with the Pirates and Bobby Benilla. Oh, Barry Bonds. It's not it's Barry not Bonds. Bonds yeah, oh first oh, wow. Barry Bonds. The first six years of his career. Oh, and before, that's before steroids. That's before steroids. I mean, dude. Yeah. That's that's a whole other show, but um, <laughs> but thirty two career leadoff home runs for George Springer, and he leads in that category. First six years of his career, I mean, if they don't sign this guy in the off season, I I'm gonna I'm gonna protest. I've got a sign already made. He has one more I'm year, right? Protest. Next year, and that's he it. has. He, yeah, he has one more year, but they need to go ahead and sign him and extend him like they did Bregman. And, so let me ask you all this: I'm gonna cut you Altuve. off. Mm-hmm. You cut me off. Go ahead. Why did they do this for Bregman and not Springer? I mean, why? What was the rush for Bregman? Is he just some different personality that's going to take it personal? So they figured they had to get it done. Are they talking to Springer oh. behind closed doors and saying you don't have anything to worry about? I mean, what what do you think is going on with that? What do you think, James? I'm not. I think I, I think it's it's not so much. Uh, I think his personality has something to deal with it, but it's not his personality of like, he's going to get offended. I think when they gave him that extension, he like a month before that, he just like started kicking off his YouTube channel that he has. Um, He became like super active in social media. And with this young, young crowd of being everything has to be on my phone, has to be streamed, have to be doing this. Uh, I think that this was more of a face of the franchise for the next like generation of kids because they're going to see this guy being active in social media. He's like very well spoken, and he also is doesn't shy away from speaking his mind. Right. Um, he has fun with you know people like Trevor Bauer and stuff like that, and he loves doing the Twitter beefs. And um, I think it was more of that. I think it was more solidifying a face for the future franchi- franchise than anything else and i think also they knew that they could get him for a slightly slightly lower premium than they would have if they would have waited for his uh you know last year of arbitration or anything like that goes so because springer's already making about 15 million they went ahead and took care of bregman because at the end of the year bregman was was our number one guy and it doesn't seem like he is anymore I mean, you got well, you got I, Michael you know, Brantley, Springer, Altuve. Yes, but last year it was the Alex Bregman show, and it's not like that. Yeah, no, 
No, no, it's not. But I mean, he's he's on pace to get like I forget how many walks they said today. Um, yeah, like 110. You know, I don't know. It's in the hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like 120 walk season is what he's on pace to have, and he is hitting 265 right now. Yeah, but he was three for three today. He, the the A thing about Bregman of the cycle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing about Bregman is, I think. Um, and I hadn't really thought about that, James. That's that's excellent insight. Yeah, it is. Like, like I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, he has become really the face of this team. And whether he's a lightning rod that polarizes positive or negative, it doesn't matter because that brings more people. I mean, you watch the Astros travel around to other stadiums, and you see not just Altuve jerseys anymore. You see Bregman jerseys mm-hmm. more than you see anything else. And, yeah, I mean – had they waited to sign him, uh, he would have he would have broken the bank. And so I think it was very smart on their part. And I'm pretty sure they're in some kind of behind-the-scenes talks with Springer. They know what he wants. They're trying to juggle things. I assume they're going to keep Springer with Altuve Bregman. Well, and I was also going to say, too, I mean, he's making, what, like $15 million a year, like exactly. you said. He's entering his final year of arbitration. So, I mean, for a 30-year-old, he's most likely going to be a right fielder uh, the rest of his career. He's not going to be moving into the center field position. So, for a right fielder entering his age 30 season, um, I think they have more leverage on how to, you know, negotiate with that as opposed to a young up-and-comer 22, 23-year-old as Bregman. Um, And now that you've nailed down Bregman for, I think it was like, what four more years five more years yeah yeah five um, more years yeah i mean he'll be uh how old is he now he's 25 now yeah so he'll be entering his 30 year season uh at the end of this contract too so again you're gonna go back to okay well we know what we can get for you you're 30 you know it unfortunately i see that as being part of the business side of things i know a lot of people say like oh well he's been a lifer so throw money at him Right. But realistically, you got to see it. He's uh, Springer in, in this case is 30 years old. He's getting up there with age. Now, if he can continue to hit 30 home runs at 31, then shoot, give him another four year contract for 15 million each. Right. And but, stay healthy. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, Bregman, for as hard of a player as he is, and, um, we watched him. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or if I share this with y'all, but we had moved to Louisiana for a couple of years, and my son and I got to see Bregman play his freshman and sophomore year. And we moved back the year before he was drafted. And we were like, man, that'd be so cool if the Astros got Alex Bregman. He's such a great player. And they drafted him. And we were like, what? And But I was like, this guy's going to get injured. Like, you should have seen the way he just sacrificed his body for the team. I mean, mm-hmm. game in and game out. We saw him play all over the field, and it was it was just so impressive to see him at such a young age. Okay, now I want to move on. Yes, to Carlos Correa. So mm-hmm. in the bottom of the third, I believe it was Brantley who threw the relay throw into Correa, who just like drilled the guy at home. I mean, oh, yeah, he a laser. And, yeah. I, and that made that saved a run for us. And what I was thinking was, you know, like the the people on Twitter 
saying that you know how we were doing good when when Correa was out and people were upset about him breaking his rib getting a massage right so these people that think that we would be a better team or the same without him there's no way this guy makes our team so much better at even just his fielding that it's just ridiculous to think that he's not that he has nothing to do with the Astros being good or he doesn't yeah. he, that he doesn't make them better with you know go ahead well, you know, I just i I think that's where that's where like a lot of Astros fans get a lot of grief from. I guess overall, just we're like our where the criticism comes from, um, mm-hmm. because you know everybody wants our you, you want your guy to always be healthy, to always be on the field, so on and so forth. And I think with the I think with how he was injured what happened, the ambiguity of it, the way A.J. Hinch literally said, I'll let Carlos Correa tell you what happened. And then he went on YouTube and his fiance said, oh, this is what happened. I think that just, you know, I've learned perception is reality. And and I think the only thing Correa can do to change that perception is to go out on the field and perform and to continue to do more stuff like that. People have short memories when teams when teams win, but when teams lose and when teams get it and when players get injured, that's all they talk about. So he just has to keep doing what he's doing. I I mean, I mean, he looked great tonight. I thought. Yeah, I gotta agree. I'm on the fence with him uh, as far as like an integral part going forward. I think. Once the control is gone from the Houston Astros, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of Carlos Correa talk about him being resigned. Not because he's not good, not because of like the ambiguity of everything. I just think personally, it's almost when we saw Dallas Keuchel leave, you could tell that there was a difference in opinions of their valuation on each other. Keuchel thought he was basically Patrick Corbin Mm -hmm. and he's not. I think Carlos Correa is going to think that he is Alex Rodriguez and he can be, I just don't think he will be. And I think somebody like the Yankees, the Dodgers, somebody like that is going to throw money at him and completely forget the fact that he has been injury prone. Yeah. And they're going to see the upside, the fact that he can hit potentially 35 to 40 home runs at the shortstop position and they're going to throw money at it. But I think Lunau, and that whole entire front office is way more smarter than that. And um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see him moving forward, but it has nothing to do based on what his field of play is doing right now. I think it has everything to do with the inconsistency and the fact that he can't stay healthy for a full season. Exactly. Right. Uh, I me think... and Wheelhouse were talking about that before. He was telling me that he doesn't see – that he sees – Correa as a Yankee guy, and I told him that has been my thought all along, that Correa, when his contract is done, if we don't trade him before it's done, uh, he's not going to be here. I mean, he's not part of the long-term plan as far as I think. I mean, Yeah, I just – he just – he, you know, I, I think he's just got his his eyes on on other things. And, I mean, you can't, you can't hold that against a guy with that much talent. I mean, you can't blame him if he if he wants to go to New York or he wants to go to L.A. or something like that. And he's never really said that. But I just I just that. I mean, multiple people I talk to and, and or just I've heard I've heard talking heads say that, that that he just appears to be that. But I, 
do you think the Astros will try to trade him before his contract's up to try to get something for him? Or do you think they'll ride it out so they can get the most out of him while he's here? I, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on that because I've been thinking about that myself. And I've kind of been trying to dig up like players that might have fit the mold on that uh, in previous you know, teams and stuff. But I don't think so. I think what they're going to do is they're basically going to let his uh, controllability ride out unless the only way that this scenario doesn't happen is if by some act of God, the Astros just fall apart all the way around and we don't become competitive anymore. But I think what happens is, is that Correa is going to have his controllability all the way through. And then once they sit there and he's a free agent, I think they're just going to amicably be like, you know what? We're done. Yeah. Especially if he can't play more than a hundred games a year. Uh, so let's move on in the game. Alex Bregman, 27th home run of the year. Uh, they were talking about that's where the home run derby was. Uh, Astros up two to zero. And then Josh Reddick. If you were watching the game, uh, Josh Reddick uh, had a porn stash. <laughs> he went uh, he went like 0 for 2. He went into the locker room. The same thing happened to Bregman before. He shaved mm-hmm. it off. He uh, Man, I saved this. We got to get into this, but he shaved it off, and then the next time he he thought he foul-tipped it or whatever happened, but umpire called him out, and he threw his gloves down and got kicked out of the game. But before that all happened, he gunned Puig down at the at home plate and saved another run for the Astros. Two, Yes, he did. Two times mm-hmm. in this game we saved runs at home. Uh, and, you know, that's where I think Reddick's value is, and that's that's why he's still on this team, and that's why I like him being out there on the field is because, I mean, yeah, his bat hasn't really been there, but, man, he is so good in the outfield. He's got such a great arm. He's got a great eye for the ball. You know, I mean, he I mean, he can chase anything down. Um, but, yeah, I didn't I – didn't, I, I heard him mentioning something about the mustache, but I guess I missed it. That's, that's pretty interesting. I'm kind of disappointed he didn't get a hit, though, after he shaved. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the mustache shave, James, or no? I, yeah, I did. I thought it was kind of cheesy, kind of corny. But those things are baseball. That's what I love about baseball is the, you know, oh, well, maybe if I grow out some facial hair but then shave it off, maybe I'll, you know. <laughs> it's the voodoo thing. It's, it's the same thing with giving rum to Jobu, well, you know. Well, <laughs> let me tell you this. I, I, I've already told Wheelhouse I'm a big Oklahoma Sooners fan. And I watch every game. And they even changed our schedule a couple of years ago where we had to work on Saturdays. And that's where I used all my vacation time. Now I don't have to because they changed it back to five days a week. But I will, I will have one shirt. And I'll wear the first game. And I won't, I'll wear that same one every week. And then like, it feels like the one time I don't wear it, they lose. And I feel like I'm the reason that they lost, even though I know I don't have anything to do with it. It's all on you, Rob. So I'm just as superstitious as baseball players. And that's to me, that's one thing cool about baseball, the the superstitions and all that. Oh yeah. See, so so I've got a I've got a real quick story. It it'll take less than a minute. I I had gone I had gone oh for oh for eight. I like you know, two games in a row had gone oh for. And so I found a four-leaf clover, actually. And I had, my, I had my mom, like, like iron it 
in between these two pieces of wax paper and I put it in my back pocket and I went over four again. And then I got so mad that the four leaf clover didn't work. I burned the four leaf clover. And then I went two games where I got three hits in those two games. So <laughs> I, awesome. I, yeah. So like I, with me trying to get get like good luck it like made it worse and it was really just mental you know but yeah i was convinced i burned you know i burned that that four leaf clover and effigy just uh just hate so i hate four i hate four leaf clovers now. well sometimes what <laughs> what it is all about is uh confidence and if the exactly. superstition you're following gives you confidence because you think it's working i mean you know if it gives you confidence how could it hurt Exactly. All right. So let me see. I got Brantley doubled in Springer, Bregman singled in Altuve. We're at four to one. Cole, I, I don't know if you have the numbers on this, but he went seven innings again. I don't know yes, if that's he did. five, six, seven, eight games in a row, but this guy's been solid. One run allowed. Very, very low strikeout count tonight for Garrett Cole, but he was still effective. ERA at 2.87. Amazing. What do you got to yeah, say about he, Garrett Cole? Yeah, I mean, I mean, even though he only got four strikeouts, there was that it was either his third or fourth strikeout where he just um, what AJ Hinch calls empty the tank and just threw a hundo just across the <laughs> across the inside edge of the plate and just I mean the batter just walked off in like disgust. We just like <laughs> what like. Can you imagine being up there in the box, you know, um, and and seeing this guy rear back at six four six five, and just throw a one hundred mile an hour fastball right by you? You know what I'm saying? Um, no thanks. He wasn't great tonight, but he was good. But see, that's a thing with these pitchers we have; they don't have to be great because the offense behind them. So, well, exactly. they had to be great on Tuesday. Oh. They only won two to zero. <laughs> Well, if they'd have been average, two of them would have been average. They would have won. Anyways. Right. <laughs> so the top of the eight, we had the bases loaded with one out. And Brantley had a sack fly. Uh, Maldonado, he joined the team yesterday. Today was his first game. Uh, he was over yes. three with three strikeouts going into the eighth inning, I believe. And he finally got a hit. So that was good. Alvarez, a two-run double with the bases loaded, seven to one. Yeah, he almost hit a grand slam. Yeah, yeah. that was very, very close. That would have been awesome. Uh, what yeah. else we have here? Bregman, a triple try of the cycle. I've already, I already uh, ruined that one. And then Hector Rondon. You wanted to talk about Ooh. the bullpen. Uh, there was two outs, but then he loaded the bases up. And Joe Smith had to come in and save them, but they didn't allow any runs. And Devo, another three up, three down inning, uh, two games in a row. I'm a, yeah. I was a little weary of Devo's ability, but two games in a row, not bad. What do y'all think about the uh, bullpen wheelhouse? You wanted to talk about it? Yeah, I just, I mean, you're going to have to have these guys, even if it's one innings or even if it's a third of an inning like Joe Smith. These guys have got to start stringing together better, um, better outings because if you go into the end of August or I, I guess now it's the end of September, 
going into the playoffs and your bullpen struggling, I mean, that just – that puts more stress on the starting pitcher. You know, um, I didn't think they were going to blow a 7-1 to lead. That's not that's not the Astros' ball game. But Rondon out there, I think, like James said earlier, I think Rondon is probably one of the odd men out when it comes to the playoffs this year. It's great to see Joe Smith back. I love his sidearm action. I love the way he throws. He still and hasn't allowed a run yet. I know. he's Yeah, he's got a zero ERA. And so, <laughs> so, so, yeah, we need that. What do you think? I got I to admit, I got to admit, like, whenever I see Hector Rondon come out, I just, I fear for everything. <laughs> uh, the, the guy cannot get out of an inning unscathed in one way or another. Like, it, whether it be giving up multiple hits, giving up uh, walks and then hits, the dude just cannot finish an inning, and it's stressful. Um, but I have to admit, like, seeing Devo come out and go one, two, three, that's solid. Uh, we we mentioned it yesterday on the podcast, and I'd like to believe that he was listening. But, I mean, all he has to do is just constantly come out, do his job, and get the outs that he needs, string along a couple of innings here and there to get his confidence back, and then who knows, maybe the dragon comes back. But, I mean, the fact that he only took uh, – it only, I missed the it dragon. only took him eight strikes – it only took him eight pitches to get out of that inning, as opposed to most of the other times when it takes him about 16 pitches. Right. So keep the pitches down, keep them in the strike zone. Devo's, Devo's solid. When he starts getting all crazy and throwing it outside and trying to finesse hitters, that's when they can see the changeup come out and they lay it off, and that's when they get walks or hits. Well, that's what they call, you know, um, you know like um, what kind of – have they been stressful innings? Have they – have they not, you know, have they, have they been labor intensive? And, you know, with this team, it's tricky because you've got so many starters that do go deep. And the more deep that your starters go, the less you're going to use your bullpen, which means your bullpen guys are not going to be in a rhythm. They're going to be out of rhythm. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, obviously you don't want to use up your bullpen every single night, but – I mean, that's probably played into some of these ups and downs, I think, that we've seen. Yeah, if we keep getting seven innings from our starters, and now you add Grinky, and you already have uh, Wade Miley, I don't think the bullpen's going to get taxed very much at all. And the bullpen, I don't think personally that has to be as deep, but I still want everybody to be reliable. Exactly, exactly. I don't know if – And I really want to see – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, James. No, James. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll talk later. Well, I was going to say what I'm what I'm really interested in seeing, and this is kind of going back to the Joe Smith point. I want to see what he can do moving forward because now we're here sitting on four, four and two thirds innings, hasn't given up a, a run, hasn't really walked anybody. I think he's coming down toward. He's just been effective, getting ground balls, doing exactly what he uh, needs to do, and being deceptive with that sidearm. I want to kind of see what we can get with these uh, relievers moving forward and seeing how the playoff roster, you know, comes together. Because like we've mentioned, we had Josh James, who's basically a flamethrower. We had uh, Colin McHugh, who's more of a finesse uh, pitcher. We have Devo, who is supposed to be really effective against lefties with that changeup. And then Rondon, who can also throw a hundred mile an hour gas, but is stressful beyond all belief. It'll be real interesting to see how that uh, bullpen comes together, especially in the last couple of weeks here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 
All right, so, so the Astros take two out of three from the Indians. Are you done? You want to add something else about the bullpen? No, no. no okay, we're so the, the Astros <laughs> take two out of three. I don't think the race is, uh, in the division is even close enough to even update them. I think we got a nice eight-game lead or so. So, you know, I don't think we're in trouble of losing it. But now we're going to go to page two. So this is just different stuff. And I wanted to lead this off. We were talking about it on uh, Wednesday. Was that it? Yeah, the mm-hmm. trade deadline day. Was that yesterday? Yes. We did a podcast yesterday. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. So I was talking to you about uh, Larry the GM, right? <laughs> yes. And so I don't even remember what his, what his post was. It said something about the Astro fans – something i don't know he was just talking bad about astro fans and i said yeah yeah we're all idiots and he finally blocked me he got tired of me this first person on twitter (laughs) to ever block me he told me he told me to leave him alone and he blocked me that's hilarious it is i can't believe that somebody would actually just like block you just by Proving a point. Yeah, all I said is, yeah, we're we're they're all idiots. That's all I said. They don't, that's all I said. He just told me to leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, my friend Eric Heisman, the guy who does Talking Strohs and does like the Locked On podcast for the Astros, uh, was telling me that um, this Larry, the GM guy, kind of he kind of like he said he said I, I, he said I feel like he Twitter stalks me. You know, like he he like. He'll like latch onto something I say, and he'll try to get in these like these like arguments with me about, you know, he's like this. He's apparently thinks he's a GM. Yeah, um, that's what it says on like, his profile. Yeah, yeah I Larry, think, I'm not a GM, but I think like one. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like he's kind of like Dwight Schrute from The Office in real life. Like you know, <laughs> he's he's the he's the volunteer sheriff. You know, um, he's the assistant to the regional manager. Make no mistake, Larry's not a GM. Um, I think that's funny that he blocked you, though. Yeah. That should that should be like a badge of honor. I'm happy. I'm proud <laughs> of it. So let me ask you this. We're going to stick with Twitter right now. Did you happen okay. to see the post, or what? I, I guess you call it a tweet, some guy named Aaron Taylor was ripping on Blummer about making excuses for uh, Josh Reddick acting like a punk. Did y'all happen? Okay, if you didn't see it, let me read it to you. Okay. He says, I follow the Astros, and I hope they do well, but I'm thoroughly disgusted with color commentator Blummer making childish excuses for inexcusable behavior by players, if they're Astros. Really encouraging punk behavior for kids to emulate, it's tiresome. What? I mean... I I I, th- I think I know what he's getting at, but wow, that is a stretch. I mean, yes, should uh, should have, or um, what am I trying to say here? That that tweet is just so mind-boggling. Reddick should have acted a little bit more professional, sure. However, Blummer did make a very valid assessment that the the umpire should have just looked away when he saw Blum walking away, or when he saw Reddick walking away, he should have been focused on the people out in the field. He shouldn't have been staring down Reddick. And yes, Reddick threw his like batting gloves in disgust, but 
as Blum was trying to say, he could have been throwing him to anybody. I mean, he could have just been throwing him away in disgust and just, you know, that was it. It wasn't trying to show up the umpire. I think that's a little bit of a stretch for, uh, on that tweet right there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I, I think we are just in the day where, like, I think people want to criticize just to criticize. I mean, oh, yeah. the stuff that I hear people say, they get so annoyed. They they don't like Blummer. They don't like they don't like Callis. They don't like it when Bagwell's on there because Bagwell's not smart. They don't like Berkman. It's like, do you like yourself? You know, I just <laughs> I, I I just think that's why I do what I do with my Facebook page and try to be positive because I just think people are out there just to just to bring other people down. He he got upset. He got pissed off. Yeah, okay, it's gonna happen. You know, I mean. Dude, his job's on the line. He's making a million, oh. you know, he's making millions of dollars. And, Josh you know, Reddick, well, that's it. one thing I like about Josh Reddick. Yeah. He gets mad when he gets an out, unlike Kyle Tucker, who acts like he doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, that guy acts like like getting out is no big deal. But Josh Reddick can't leg out a grounder, but he gives 100%, and he'll throw his helmet down. He has yeah, he throws his helmet belly. down when he – yeah, yeah, he throws the helmet down when he grounds out to first. He's like, yeah. you know, he's like, yeah, he's, I mean, you need that. And so, yeah, so I, I just, oh, ahead, I, I was going to say, so what I responded to him is that Josh Reddick shows kids the perfect example of how to play by the way he hustles. And then I looked at the guy's <laughs> profile picture and I, and I told him his profile picture made, uh, looked like he had to take a dump. <laughs> all right so i'm gonna do one more twitter <laughs> okay so here's what i do before i go on the show before i i i uh scroll through twitter and i'll screenshot stuff to talk about and so we all know force whitley has been struggling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's actually i think he's like pitching for the fayetteville woodpeckers maybe something like yes, that. yes he is but yes. they have moved him to Corpus. Oh, good. That's oh. a good sign. That is a, that is a massive sign. See, th- let, me, let me say this before y'all talk about if y'all have anything to say. But Forrest Whitley is supposed to be in the rotation right now. That was the plan. Yeah. And just imagine mm-hmm. if, we would, we, if he would have been in there, been successful, and we had Green Key. Or maybe we wouldn't have even went after Green Key if he was what we were supposed to have. No, I think I think if we have Whitley in there, I think also you got to throw something else into the mix. If we would have kept Morton, I don't think we get. I don't think we get Grinky. Um, no. So maybe the blessing is in the curse. Maybe the struggling Whitley and able to hang on to him. Um, maybe it's a good thing. You know, they don't need to rush this kid. He's six foot seven. He's twenty one years old. He's not exactly. Um, I mean, he's 195 pounds. He needs more weight on his body. He needs more time with his arm to, you know, to mature because he's not built like Justin Verlander. He's built like Chris Sale. And no matter how bad he was doing, everybody still wanted him. And Luno was not giving him up. Him and Kyle Tucker, they're not giving him up. And let me mention this too, you know, while I got, while I've got the uh, microphone. Uh, they said with the move of Fisher getting traded to Toronto, that Kyle Tucker is now the guy that's going to get called up if there are any injuries. Well, there you go. 
I mean, he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I also think with with the fact that like we've gotten rid of Seth Beer, it helps, and it kind of you you kind of see what they were doing with him in uh, Round Rock, trying to put him at first base. I think they really have they really want this kid on the field up in the major leagues. Yeah, he was playing some first too. Uh, is that what you're talking about? Or I thought. Yeah, okay, yeah. I thought you were talking about no, yeah. Beer so first base. No, so when when we went um, when we went to go see the Ron Rock Express play um, last week, my son and I, Kyle Tucker, was playing first. He played the entire game, and I mean, he looked like a natural first baseman. So, um, hey, he, he you could know, end up being there for us. I mean, I mean, he's a big, tall body. You know, why not? Why not put him up there? You know, um, hey, I was going to ask you guys: Did y'all hear about going to the Grinkey thing? We're talking about. You know Whitley and Tucker keeping him. Did you hear what Jeff Lunau said about the trade? How he didn't think at any time they had more of a fifty percent shot of landing them, and they only contacted the the D backs like like forty eight hours before the trade deadline. They didn't even talk to them until two days before the last day, which. Which is astounding to me, and that they were able to not only get him, but to be able to hold on to Tucker and Whitley. Absolutely, I think it's crazy how these deals come down with Luno, and I'm I'm almost willing to bet that like from here on out, us as fans need to just say like, is it the eleventh hour or is it five seconds left of the trade deadline? Because if it isn't, obviously a deal's not getting done because Luno loves to keep us on the edge of our seat, but. The mere fact that he's able to land these trades within five seconds is an even more telling tale of how great of a GM he is and how great of a negotiator he is. And when you look at teams like New York and L.A. and Boston, who you have these GMs out there that like are on the phones 24-7, I want to know, like, did they outplay themselves? Did those GMs outplay themselves thinking that with the Astros laying dormant, and not talking to anybody and not blowing up anybody that, oh, the Astros aren't going to do anything else. That's, that's amazing to me how he's able to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what I, what they said on the broadcast tonight is that the day of the trade deadline, Grinky was pitching. So a lot of people were assuming, well, if he's pitching, they're not going to trade him. So that's kind kind of a shocking sign. So let yeah, me share it, one more yeah. thing with you yeah, that yeah. I got from Twitter, and then I'm, so I got to get my phone back on the uh, Anchor app so I can check the time. But this is the last thing I stole. Uh, it said Alex Bregman was two for his last 24 heading into the Indian series. Hence moved him to the cleanup spot. Hadn't had, he hadn't batted there all season. Five for ten. In the series, reached base in seven of 12 plate appearances. Uh, so that was sometime tonight. Five for 10 so far in the series after going two for 24. So do you think that the move to clean up made a difference or maybe it was the ballpark or just us, the slumps over? I don't know. I think it was that that he um, got spotted for squats after that home run from Miles Straw that really helped. <laughs> um, but, I just got an uh, alert that Miles Straw is going that he got sent down. Oh, really? By the way. Are you kidding me? Interesting. Yeah. 
Well, but so who do they have on the bench now besides Marisnik? I don't know. I had just said that he got sent to AA. I don't know. Or AAA. He, he got sent to AA. He, That's not good. Well, he, got, he got the Josh. Well, did the Astros that. have – I think the Astros have 13 position players. So maybe um, they had to open up a spot for those pitchers because they got some yeah, they pitchers did. coming in tomorrow from the Blue Jays. They got uh, – what did I call him the other day? Big Leone? Yeah. <laughs> no, you no, you called him. I called you him. You called uh, him Belichick. Yeah, you called Belichick. Him Belichick. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, Robert Kraft sent him. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't even have his name written down. Bit, okay. Okay. Anyway, did y'all... I saw I saw that guy on. Uh, they showed a highlight of him being on the on uh, the Tonight Show. He's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, dude. Did you see the clip of him when he was trying to give a hug to, like, one of the broadcast announcers? Yeah. And the broadcast announcer was like, no. Yeah. I was like, what a tool. And yeah. then they started the interview, and he kept trying to do it. Oh, I love Viagiani uh, now. Like, I hope that he makes uh, Julie Morales, like, super awkward and, and hilarious. Like, well, well, you know, he told the reporter, he said, he said I look forward to going to space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, t- I tweeted out to NASA, uh, to Johnson Space Center. I was like, y'all got to treat this guy with some Southern hospitality and get him in a space suit. Oh, that would like, be awesome. How crazy would that be if he made a joke about that and then NASA was just like, here you go. For real. Dude, I know a bunch of people at NASA um, in my neighborhood. I know an astronaut. I need to, Man, I need, I need to talk to him. We need to, we need to make the, the hashtag get Joe into space like – a trending thing. We need to start like <laughs> let's do uh, a, a thing for let's him. Do it. Okay, let's do it. The Robin Wheelhouse and James and Corey <laughs> show. <laughs> James and Corey in fine print show. <laughs> when I make when I make the coffee mug, I'll put their name on the other side. Small little small print. And no, so, put it on small, small another small cool print. thing I saw on yeah. the uh, on the broadcast tonight, but. I was eating dinner, so I, w- I really wanted to take a picture of the TV. So I'm a real thief of information here. But so you're talking about the Grinky trade, how yes. we gave up all of those guys. And a lot of, you know, I guess people aren't upset because it's Grinky, but like, you know, my reaction to Seth Beer. And I was mm-hmm. kind of excited about Rojas because he was getting better. But it said, and I don't remember the number, I don't know if y'all saw this, but it was saying that when they make these blockbuster trades for this block of of good young talent like we gave up, the success rate is like eighteen percent that they have a uh. that they have a successful career. So like y'all said well, the other day, you're trading like only one of four of these guys are possibly going to turn out to be superstars, and we got a Cy Young guy. So, oh, 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 I'm sorry. You're saying the minor league guys? Yeah, have the, the trade when a trade okay. involves okay minor league guys that have never played, that have never been called up yet, like these guys haven't. Their success rate is like 18. percent But wow. I, it was some, but it had two different ones, but it was under 20. And after well, I read sucks that, to I, was be like, a... I was like, okay, I don't, I don't feel so bad. Now. Sucks to be a Diamondbacks fan, I guess. Good <laughs> Lord. Well, you know, um, I was um, I went into some of the Diamondbacks Twitter stuff and 
was looking at their fan reactions, and I read an article from their, I don't know, it's called the Phoenix Sentinel or whatever their paper is, and they were they were like they were split. They were fifty fifty. They were like, oh, this club is 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 mired in mediocrity, and for years will be mediocre. And and then it was like, <laughs> oh, this is we got the most value. So, I mean, it's really like there's a lot of people saying a lot of things that really don't know a lot about the ins and the outs of it. But that's interesting. Eighteen percent—that's a pretty low percentage. That means Lunau is a is a genius. I mean, he exactly. is an absolute mastermind. You know. Well, and I mean, realistically, when you look at this trade for the Diamondbacks, I mean, who's the one person that us as Astros fans are really upset about losing? And that's Seth Beer. Yes. Who's the one outside of, you know, uh, the f- gameplay? Who's the one that's been showing the most promise in the minor leagues? And that's Seth Beer. Right. If we're, go- if we're going off of this, you know, 18%, I mean, it's almost accurate because you look at Josh Rojas. Could he be good? Sure. But that's the key word, could. And the same thing with J.B. Buskowskis and Corbin Martin. Right. I mean, could they be number threes because that's their ceiling? Yeah, they could. But at the very least, you're looking at a number five and a closer. Seth Beer is going to be a number four hitter for that team, and he's going to be somebody that's going to be mashing the ball. Oh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to bring back vibes of, of, of Paul Goldschmidt, I think. I'll be real honest. Oh, um, absolutely. I think he's going to – um, be a be a player like that. Um, so hey, since we're talking about that, Rob, I was going to throw something at you. Something I thought was that I thought was really cool. Um, ESPN they always do these minor league updates, and for the Astros, um, I was going to give you a couple names, see if you knew who they were. Okay, all right. Um, you know, our number one prospect is, of course, you know who that is, Horace Whitley. Who is no Kyle Tucker. He's ranked number one. Oh, um, well, they moved. They changed him because he was number they three. They must have changed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the the there was there was one guy that went from not rated to number ten who made the biggest jump, and he's a right-handed pitcher. Anybody know who that is? That Biolet guy? No, Christian Javier. Christian Javier. Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, I was wondering if James would get that. And then the biggest drop is Dean Dietz from ranked 20th to not being ranked at all. Wow. And um, so these guys just go up and down and fluctuate. I think the Astros, they, we still have a very deep – we don't have – okay, it's not as deep as it was, but we still got so many options out there. And the great thing is we didn't give up one or two to get Grinky when, I mean, other clubs would have done that. So I just, I, th- I thought that was interesting looking into those numbers. So, man, that, that's kind of crazy. I'm actually looking at the updated stats right now. And I mean, I love that we have Jordan Brewer up at num- number eight right now, but I am kind of a little upset. I had two really uh, low key sleepers as guys that would trend up early in season. Um, and that was Ross Adolph. And Alex mm-hmm. McKenna, um, kind of surprised that they they don't even have Alex McKenna in the top no, thirty anymore. He was like number twenty eight last time. I think that kid's going to be really good, and I think he's just having a down. So year let me this ask year. you this, because this was my next topic. Uh, what number is Abraham Toro? Abraham Toro, I'm looking at it right now, is number number six. He has just been promoted to Triple A. 
Okay. Fantastic. Okay, so, I, heard, so I heard they were going to move him. So he's he's yeah. really good. He was really good he in is. spring training. Yes. And I think there's a future there when Correa leaves and perhaps Bregman moves over to shortstop. But Bregman doesn't even look yeah. like a shortstop anymore. He's just so good at third. But Mm-mm. Abraham Toro, I think he's mm-hmm. the future. Uh, looks, he's hitting. He was hitting three oh six, double A, sixteen homers and seventy RBIs. Was yeah. Was he? he I'm sorry, James. Go ahead. Go ahead, Will. Sorry. No, I was just going to no, say. Go. Um, you know, when these guys come into the system, like like you would think, you know, Garrett Stubbs, you know, he came up to do a, you know, a fill in as a catcher. He's ranked fifteenth. Well, Corey Lee, one of their draft picks this year. Is, is already the number four rated prospect, and he's a catcher. And mm-hmm. so it's like the way these guys move around them, I, I just – I'm glad I'm not in charge of that. That's That's got to be just mind-boggling to keep up with. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I've – very early on uh, this season, I've been kind of following the Corpus Christi hooks and writing for him for climbing Tows Hill. But – um I've been, I was following Toro basically the entire time. Him and Josh Rojas were my early favorites of guys being promoted and coming into the, uh, to the Astros organization, really. And here we are seeing Toro already up in AAA and Rojas being a key focal point in the trade. It's crazy how these guys, once they hit Corpus Christi, I mean, they fluctuate and they can jump up and move down that prospect board yeah. real quick. Okay, so you know the Astros, uh, pretty good July for some people. Um, I have some numbers here. Uh, do y'all want to play like a trivia game with these numbers? Let's do it. All right. You, it. Know, you know we're at 64-40 right now. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I was going to okay. tell you let's hurry, yeah. but, you know, whatever. People can just listen to it. They're not going to stop listening because this is the best podcast ever. In the nation. We're just getting started. <laughs> we're just getting started. So who do you think has the highest batting average in July? Um, you, uh, well, I want to say, I want to say Yuli Gurriel, but I'm going to go with Yuli Gurriel, 398, Altuve, 388. Oh, wow. So oh, what a, you've got, uh, Brantley, 349, Al- Alvarez, nice. 333. Jeez. Uh, who, <laughs> and Josh Reddick, 205. Oh, Alex Bregman, 233, Oof. Springer, 247. Mm. Okay, most home runs. Most home runs was, was I believe, Yuli. Yuli, 12 yeah. home runs. Alex Bregman, 11. Jesus. In the month of June? July. No, June July. July. 12 home runs in July. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, Yuli. this isn't official, but someone posted it on Twitter and I, I screenshot it. Um, so Altuve, six home runs. Reddick, six. Springer, six. Alvarez and Brantley, five. So assuming uh, Yuli Gurriel is going to be your RBI leader as well. Would that is that going to be your guess? Mm, yes. I'm going to go with Jordan. Jordan Alvarez, 15. Yuli Gurriel, 31. Oh, no. 31 (laughs) RBIs in July. I'm winning three to one, by the way. Oh, that's the prize. 
What's the pr- oh? Is is there a prize? No. God. Okay, let's see. A let's hearty see high if five. Y'all know this stuff. <laughs> we get like Arby's or something. Come on. Do you know what number <laughs> Grinky will be wearing? Yes, he. Yes, he'll be Ooh. wearing number twelve. Oh, I don't okay. know. I, I, I think I saw that. You're somewhere. wrong. Was he thirty-five? I think he's going to wear. 35, he's going to wear number twenty-one. Ooh, twenty. The number uh, left by Derek Fisher. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Also, Zach Grinky. His first mm-hmm. start will be Tuesday. Yes, it will. And they are already yes. giving away a orange Zach Grinky T-shirt giveaway on Tuesday. His first start. Yes. Oh, come yes. on. All, really? All fans. Man, I need to go get me a Yeah, I know. I want to go to. Saturday versus Seattle. Starting pitcher, Aaron Sanchez. Yes. Nice. All right. So we got um, August 2nd through the 4th, the Mariners. So the Astros are back home tomorrow, Friday. Uh, don't forget, every – person that goes to the game tomorrow night gets a Nolan Ryan uh, rainbow sleeve jersey. Oh, dope. Everybody. I'm actually going so to the James game James is going to get me one. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> See, I'm going to the game at the end of the month because I'm going to Oklahoma to visit my parents this weekend. But if I wasn't, I would definitely be going. But it is on a Friday. So it's also Hall of Fame weekend. They announced the 20, I guess it's about 20 guys. And I wanted to get into that too, but we're already at 68 minutes. So it's Hall of Fame weekend, Mariners, and then two games against the Rockies. And that, oh, so I must have wrote that round wrong. No, that's Saturday. Okay. So, I don't know. I'm totally lost. So, Grinky's, oh, Tuesday. So, Grinky's <laughs> going to pitch against the Rockies. So Sanchez Saturday against the uh, Seattle Mariners, and then Green K is going to fit the two-game series against Colorado. What do you guys have in closing before we tell everybody adios? Well, I want to say this. Um, I hear a lot of chatter on Twitter. It's so funny, like, because the Red Sox are two and a half games out of the wild card, the Red Sox are suddenly talking about their – their fan base. Oh, we're going to repeat. We we can't wait to face Houston again. And I'm like, seriously, here's a, here's, here's what I love about this team is everybody, even though everybody's picking us to be winner, every, even though everybody's picking us to be the AL representative in the world series, this team's going to approach the world series and the playoffs the same way they've approached every other season. They don't care what the media says. They're going to put their, nose to the grindstone and just like in 2017 when the whole thing was earn it like we didn't felt like we deserved it because because of hurricane harvey or whatever like like we earned it and that's like the spirit of houston mm-hmm. that's the spirit of of what makes this team great and so let the let the people predict all they want the astros are going to go out their business and they're going to just take people out one team at a time and slowly get back and hopefully this time clinch the World Series in Minute Maid Park. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. The last thing I'll say 
is that I'm looking forward to this entire weekend of games. I think seeing Aaron Sanchez pitch on Saturday is going to be huge, and I can't wait to see what Biagiani can do. And Tuesday is going to be the greatest day of my entire life. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, are you getting – wait, no, wait. You're married, right? Okay. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm okay. a kid on the way. So, so going to fun. get a Zach Grinky orange T-shirt is going to be the greatest day of your life? Yeah, but don't tell my wife that. It's a, we're just going to keep that here okay. on the podcast, cool. and, and she won't. So if y'all, <laughs> y'all follow me on Twitter, did you see the uh, mermaid bathroom? I did not see the mermaid. I did not. I'll, I'll have to go. I'll have to go I, uh, we painted the bathroom. My wife wanted to uh, have a mermaid bathroom. So we have, hey, man. we have a mermaid bathroom, and it looks good. It looks good. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm happy with it. Well, you, Rob, you could be a merman. <laughs> So I mean, hey, I'm mer- I'm a mer dude. That's true. <laughs> so James, um, we gotta we gotta talk on Twitter if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the game Tuesday. I gotta convince my wife to go to that game as well. If we get if we get an extra yeah. shirt, Rob, we'll have to we'll have to send you one. Absolutely. I'm okay. Down so that. do we? So it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So just a heads up to everyone. I'll be out of town. I'm gonna get home like at midnight. So, Wheelhouse, who's going to join you on Sunday? They're going to do one without me. On Sunday, I was going to have Corey on. James, if you want to join us Sunday, you're welcome to do that. Yeah, I'll let you guys know. Um, I'd love okay. to join. So, we will Sounds have a – we, we, the other day we had a Robin Wheelhouse show without Wheelhouse. So, Sunday, you will get to see – you'll get to see. You'll get to hear <laughs> a Robin Wheelhouse show without Rob. Without Rob. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, James, thanks again for joining us. Uh, your knowledge of the Astros is excellent. I actually received some oh, thank you. compliments from text because I've passed out my number to people that listen to the podcast. Uh, Wheelhouse, you've got also got uh, compliments going your way, too. So oh, thanks. great. Great job, both of you. Glad to have both of y'all here. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. It's yeah, really all fun. Right. Definitely. Don't forget to do this on Sunday. I will not. Thanks to all of you for listening to Rob and Wheelhouse Show. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye. (laughs) Later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.